on WAJR AM and FM. This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free, 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome into the program. Thanks for letting us be part of your day. We always appreciate you tuning in, whether it's on 103.3 in Clarksburg, 104.5 and AM 1440 in Morgantown, or across the universe at WAJR.com. Huge, huge in Singapore, I'm told. Uh, welcome into the show. Dave and Sarah with you as always. Good morning, Sarah. Morning, Dave. we got a big show. Actually, we got a big uh, yeah. series of shows coming up. Morgantown's municipal election is April 30th. Early voting starts on uh, today, today, Wednesday. So uh, we are going to meet the candidates, including the writing candidates, in uh, the third ward. And there's a writing candidate in seventh ward now. Uh, so we are going to meet them. Uh, here's how this is going to work. Here in about oh, 10 minutes, we're going to bring them in studio. Uh what do we call this? A debate-style interview. It's not a true debate. It's not a true interview. We'll jump in when we want. We'll cut them off if it's needed. Yeah, we're not going to stick to all the rules that come with true debates. Because you know what? We just make up the rules as we yeah, go. There's too many rules to remember, too. Yeah. Uh. We tried to write them down. We lost mm. a napkin. It's it's a terrible there's situation. different styles. Forget it. <laughs> so uh, we'll have uh, first award candidates Ron Bain and uh, the incumbent Rachel Fetty in studio here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. We'll keep them around about 30 minutes. We'll try to get through as many topics as we can. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll open up the phone lines uh, for your comments que- uh, comments and um, reactions. Not going to take calls during the interviews. We have carefully selected topics and questions, and uh, we'll go from there. So with that... Our very own Sarah Giosi. That's right, Sarah Giosi, in the Sunday paper. Oh, oh! You didn't th- you didn't think I saw that, did you? Oh yeah, you and uh, Mr. Mr. Giosi made the mm-hmm. paper. How the, the big fundraiser this weekend? How'd everything go? Yeah, I thought it, I thought those folks at Dominion Post were friends until I saw the picture they posted, and I said, Oh, couldn't you have at least noted for everybody I'm pregnant? This <laughs> 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 is not a very flattering photo. <laughs> Um, It was good. It was really good. We did a fundraiser, and we do this every year, so this was our sixth one in a row, and it was a fundraiser for a uh, a, a local family who, a military family who also, man, they've had some hard times. The the matriarch of the family got hit by a car a little over a year ago, and then shortly after was diagnosed with leukemia, and... They've just, it's, wow. yeah, it's been a tough time for them. So we raised about $8,000 for them. Wow, really? Yesterday. Cool. Yeah. Or so, Saturday, rather. But. So what, is it like a CrossFit event? Is that what? It... Yeah, it's a big competition. Uh, we okay. get people from all over. We get people from lots of other states. Well, I saw, I saw Come. Mr. Giosi did a, uh, like a selfie video. I saw that on the Book of Faces. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what he's explaining, but it seemed to be very intense. It was the, it was one of the running paths. Because uh, there was a okay. running workout. And yeah. So it's funny. Well, I got exhausted just watching the video. <laughs> well, anything he does is very intense, so it's not even a fair it's not even a fair judgment of whether or not it was actually an intense competition. But yeah. Yeah. Great. So sound like a good weekend then. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Nice. It's I nice bought tires. That, that, that was the big highlight of my weekend. Well, and you started cleaning out your garage. Uh, yeah, we had the cars out, so we took the opportunity to to do a little spring cleaning, only mm-hmm. to realize we had done it about a week late. Uh, th- we had an opportunity to get rid of some 
big junk about a week ago. With with the way your pickup system works. And then yeah. found out, uh, yeah, missed that. Yeah, missed that. So that now sucks. i got a whole pile of junk that my wife uh, wants me to somehow dispose of. You so know, if anybody wants an old vacuum cleaner that doesn't really work, I, was just I know say, where you can find one. You'd be surprised sometimes, and, and obviously don't litter, but put it out on the curb for just a couple of days. Well, have you noticed? You'll be surprised what people will pick up. When there are the big, I, I've found this out, when there is the big pickup and people will set stuff out, you know, old TVs, yeah. lawnmowers, stuff. There are people who go around and oh, make yeah. decent money. You know, they're not, hey, can I go ahead and sweat? Yeah, go ahead and take it. I don't care. Yeah. They take it, work on it, or fix use it the for mower, parts use or, it for parts, mm-hmm. piece the mower together, sell it later. There's a whole business. There's a whole Fred Sanford business out there. I don't know them Had personally, no but there's a there's a family in town here that runs a huge U-Haul. In really? In town or whatever. They know it's hey. that day. They do it for whenever it's a move-out day. Oh, there's all kinds of furniture. Oh. All kinds of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk Morgantown City Council first ward candidates incumbent Rachel Fetty and uh, the challenger Ron Bain going to join us in studio next. It's Dave and Sarah, 911. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Morgantown's municipal election comes up April 30th. Early voting begins on Wednesday. All seven seats are up for grabs. Well, sort of. There's several contested races, and we didn't plan it this way, sir. It's kind of worked out. We're going to go in order, essentially. Oops. Sometimes it happens that way. So we begin today with the uh, first ward, incumbent Rachel Fetty. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Sarah. Morning. Challenger Ron Bain joining us in studio this morning. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Guys, yeah, you're here. You can't hear anything on those headphones, can you? I'll just take them off. Don't worry about them. Okay, good. We're Uh, not going to take calls. Yeah. You don't don't worry about them. Should have told you that during the break. (laughs) Thank you. However, uh, I digress. All right, let's just start with a couple of quick introductions. We'll let you guys uh, introduce yourselves. We'll start with you, Rachel, the incumbent in the first ward. Alrighty. Well, for those who don't know much about me, um, my name is Rachel Fetty, and I live in the first ward. And I, my husband and I came here for dental school in 2007, so we've been here for a while and decided to raise our kids here, and uh, so some of the schools have borne more of the brunt than others. We're on our eighth year at South. We've got one to go in a row, so um, we are a part of, uh, really a part of that, that uh, education community here in Morgantown and the band and all of the good stuff that goes along with having a bunch of kids here. Uh, in addition to that, we are really active in, in a lot of the activities that relate to kids and families. And for the past couple of years, I've focused a lot of energy on housing and on Bow Park and uh, our recreational facilities and trying to get those, get those where they need to be. Thanks, Rachel. And Ron Bain, introduce yourself. Okay, I, uh, I came here in 1965. I was born here. Um, been here all my life. Uh, raised three kids. Um, my one daughter is in Wichita now, and my two sons still live with me. But they're both in school here. One, one's going to be going to Fairmont State, and the other one's going to be going to uh, WVU again. So, um, but that's uh, I was on city council for 16 years. Uh, Rachel beat me last time, and thought I'd throw my hat in the ring one more time to see if what I can do and maybe help things out. All right, so let's um, start, and, and we'll come. 
let's do opposite now. We'll start with you, Ron. One question that we have is the role of a city council member. Talk to me about what that is. Give me your definition. Uh, First and foremost, one of the biggest important things is the selection of the city manager and also being the city manager's boss. Um, You have to, uh, you do run the city. Now, day-to-day operations, you're not to be involved with that because that's what you give to the city manager. But your overall uh, purpose is to look over the budget to make sure that the city is solvent and make sure it moves forward in the future. You want to make sure that you maintain that budget so that the people that work for the city continue to work for the city. You don't have layoffs and have situations where you have to do things like the current council is going to raise taxes. So um, what you want to do is make sure that the projects are done, and that's how you oversee it through the city manager. You're also over the judge. You're over the city clerk. And uh, those are your three employees. And... um, you know, you, you are to make sure that they're meeting the qualifications and also the requirements of the job, too. Rachel, your definition. Well, I think that's, I think to a large degree, I agree with Ron. Uh, I think, unfortunately, sometimes uh, city council or any form of government can find itself behind. And so one of the things that we've really had to focus on in the past two years is trying to address some issues that had been, um, you know, I don't think they were neglected intentionally, but we simply didn't uh, do what we needed to do to keep our revenue stream up in order to uh, provide the services that our city and our, and uh, frankly, our county um, residents want and expect, uh, particularly in, uh, particularly from Beaupark um, and particularly, particularly from some of our other service providers. Um, We had pretty, dramatic staff problems in the fire department, for example. Um, the number of firefighters had not been increased since the year I was born, which was 1973. And considering the growth of the city of Morgantown, it simply uh, that simply wasn't tenable anymore. Um, we've had a hole to dig ourselves out of when it comes to pensions um, related to our police and fire. And we have begun steadily working on that. Um, so I, I agree with Ron. You know, our job is really to to make sure that the city is able to do what it needs to do. Um, it's it's unfortunate that we've had to, to do so much um, so much work to get us out of a hole that we've been in for a while. Talking to uh, First Ward Morgantown City Council candidates, incumbent Rachel Fetty and challenger Ron Bain. Rachel, we'll start this question with you. Transparency is always an issue in any level of government, whether we're talking federal, state, local. Has the city council and has this city administration been as transparent as possible? Well, I think transparency involves a lot of things. I mean, at, at the most basic level, we have to follow the Open Governmental Meetings Act. We have to follow the Sunshine Laws. We have to make sure that we are not making decisions outside of an open meeting where the public can participate. I think we've worked really hard to follow those rules and those guidelines. Um, it, it can lead to some, uh, it can lead to an appearance of confusion um, because we're not able to make decisions or fully uh, vet every issue before it comes to the public. But that's the purpose of, of the rules is to allow the public to weigh in when they can. Um, I think that we have tried very hard 
to make things available to the public in terms of public information. Our website is better than ever. Um, the budget information that's available is is uh, better than ever. Our um, our information about our minutes and our agendas is more available than ever. I think we've made a consistent effort to uh, make the information available to the public that they that they need, um, and and we try very hard. That doesn't mean that there aren't sometimes problems or issues. Um, for example, all of our meetings are are aired, um, but sometimes we have technical difficulties. Um, and we keep trying to work those out, but that's. Uh, you know, there, there's going to be problems in every transparency system, but I, I do think we're doing our very best. Ron, I, I can't ask your opinion over the last two years. I mean, you can give it if you want, but um, as a city council member, you're 16 years on council. What did you do to be transparent, and what can a council member do moving forward to ensure that everything's on the up and up? Well, the majority of the time that I was on council, I had Dan Boroff as a city manager, which is the guy's as honest as the day is long. And he basically made sure that we knew everything before we walked into a meeting. One of, he always said his major job was to make sure that no council member ever walked into a meeting surprised. And I never did have him have that situation. I would tell you that the last two years, what I've just been, I mean, I've been on the sidelines watching. I mean, if you look at the budget meeting that they had, they had it out at the Botanic Gardens and they didn't record it and couldn't have recording. They could have had it in council chambers. That would have been fine and have more people to participate in it. Um, Haymaker Village, you know, that thing broke. I think you broke the story, or someone actually in the media broke the story, and then that came out of nowhere. Um, the airport, you broke the story on that one too. Um, it seems to me that other people are getting the information before, and it's not Rachel's fault. Um, it's just that this is what council's been up against, and I think it's gotta be frustrating for some council members I mean, look at Ryan Wallace. Ryan Wallace has made the statement that he feels like he's an outsider now. That's uh, that's a frust that's frustrating, I think, for not only the council members but for people watching it and and, and people that are citizens. So, switching from transparency into communication, because I think this all kind of goes together. Um, uh, and, and Ron, because you were just addressing it, we'll, we'll come sure. back to you on this one. Okay. Um, you mentioned a couple examples, Haymaker Forest mm -hmm. and uh, Airport. Um, you know, we talked about the annexation report or cherry trees or MUB board appointments, all of these things. There seems to be examples of um, lack of communication. Mm -hmm. How can this be addressed moving forward? Well, we'll we'll start with you, Ron. That's a that's a sit down meeting with the with the city manager and say you will not do this again. You will uh, abide by the the rules that we are the boss and you will be giving us information ahead of time, and you're going to minimize the, the surprises because this this is a, enough's enough on this one. I mean, the thing that scares me to de death is the airport. Um, when I left, our employments were almost fifteen thousand. Now our employments are down. <laughs> I think it's what five thousand or something. I'm, I'm scared to death of what's going to happen, because that was our that was our link to economic development here. Without economic development, you can't have the B&O tax levels that you need, and that's why we're getting to the point where the one percent is almost a necessity now, um, which is unfortunate because it's probably our last gig to get revenue. And if that becomes our last gig, I'm not sure what happens after that. I um, mean, you can look at what's happened in, uh, you know, Huntington, where they did put a user fee in, 
and uh, and other things, and they're still laying people off. So, the communication's so key to this because it does. You have to have the trust in uh, from the public, and you know I'm not faulting these the, the council members. It's just the administration. I don't for some reason doesn't want to tell them, and I think that they should be trustworthy enough to know the information. All right, Rachel, go ahead. Well, I, I think that characterization is probably just mistaken all the way around. Um, I think when we talk about being transparent, we talk about having having open meetings and making information available to the public. And I can honestly say that on these issues, whether uh, it's questions about um, Haymaker or the budget or those kinds of things, that we're given the information that we need to consider the issues well before it comes to the public's attention. Um, we receive this information. What is a bit of a surprise and what is often extraordinary is the way in which a situation may be experienced by the public or may be relayed to the public. So for example, um, you know, uh, the, the issue about the cherry trees is a good example. I'm on the tree board, um, the tree board and urban landscaping. Uh, we're meeting and, and talking to uh, the city uh, manager about how the design uh, was, was coming along, because as you all know, um, this was an improvement that was being paid for by the trust. It was not being paid for by the city. And so a lot of these issues were being addressed between the funder and the city manager. Um, and I think that as the design was coming along, we were being apprised, we were being consulted, and we were certainly talking to folks about it. Um, the design took a little bit longer than we would have expected, but when it came out and the, the design indicated that there would be a loss of several more cherry trees than were initially suspected, um, you know, the city manager brought that to the Urban Landscaping Board and to the Tree Board. We all sat down and we talked about it. Um, we made our recommendations. We sent it back to the city manager. The city manager did his job, which was to take that back to the planner. Um, and it was a very orderly process of trying to come up with a plan that would work both for the funder and for the city. Um, I think what we could not have expected um, was the way in which that issue would be handled um, by both the media and by um, uh, by some of, some other folks who had an interest in that issue, um, it wasn't that folks in the city were not working on these issues. That those issues were were sent to the appropriate boards and commissions. It's just that when the public is not involved in every aspect of planning now, it seems that. Um, this specter of some kind of uh, inappropriate activity is raised, and I just don't think that that's applicable in that situation or in the others that you mentioned. Um, I'd like to speak specifically about... About a minute here, by the way, and we got to sure. hit the hard break. Um, about, about Mr. Break. Um, Mr. Bain, Ron, uh, and all other members of the city council chose... Uh, Mr. Brake to be our city manager. He was a unanimous choice, mm -hmm. and he has been attentive. He's been responsive. Uh, when there is a concern, he immediately responds to the issues that we raise. Um, this is particularly important in the area of Beaupark. Um, <clears throat> and I can't, I can't speak to the transparency of previous councils, but I know that he's exercised a lot of discretion and appropriate um, 
handling of issues, for example, the pension issue, that issue's been building for over a decade. We're um, going to continue the conversation, Rachel. Right now, we've got to hit the news break, get an update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. We'll find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. Now, back to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Morgantown City Council candidates, first ward candidates joining us in studio this morning. uh, Ron Bain, the challenger, Rachel Fetty, the incumbent. Rachel, just kind of finish up what you were saying there before the break, and then we got to move on. Sure. I think think my overall point is this. I think sometimes it appears to the public as if things are not, as if they're being caught by surprise. But we're not being caught by surprise. we're getting information before meetings. We're getting information during meetings. Um, I've not ever seen Mr. Brake do anything that was inappropriate in terms of time. Uh, I know sometimes uh, we're trying to avoid an open meetings problem, so we'll, we'll have consecutive meetings as opposed to meetings together. Um, but I think that's due to his respect for the process. Um, and I do want to say about employees that I've not ever seen a manager do a better job in terms of taking care of his employees. Our employees uh, have better uh, wages now. They have... Um, He's doing everything he possibly can to protect their pensions. He is, uh, and he, he's asking our help to do that. And I have a lot of appreciation for that. Um, we, we need to keep our employees happy and we need to keep them here. Rachel, uh, you're big on affordable housing. That was one of the things we talked about two years ago. What has the city done during your time on council to address affordable housing needs in the city? Well, well our biggest uh, challenge, I think, is is acknowledging that we have a number of uh, different kinds of economic players here. Um, and through the Housing Advisory Commission, uh, we try to hear from different groups of stakeholders, from landlords, from uh, from home uh, selling, from, from realtors, from lending agencies, from fair housing agencies, to try to come up with uh, solutions that they have uh, to problems that they're facing and also to try to come up with solutions for them uh, in terms of addressing their very unique economic challenges. Um, and I don't know if you all know this, but one of the biggest things uh, that uh, the previous council did um, was really working on trying to get the number of arson-related fires in dumpsters down. That was something that landlords were desperate for, so uh, that's something that the commission has, has worked on. Um, we also started a housing fair um, that's designed to work with uh, landlords um, and to offer an opportunity for landlords and lending agencies and, and folks who offer housing-related services to attract uh, a housing searching crowd that um, is in need of workforce-related housing and uh, so that those two groups can get together and try to resolve their their uh, their very independent economic challenges. We're also doing a housing another housing study. One was done uh, several years ago, but we're doing another one. And we continue to work with organizations like CHAP and Habitat for Humanity to try to come up with some some ways to uh, make housing more available. I think one of one important area that we would like to explore um, in particular is with MUB. Um, we need to start working on ways to try to get our development costs down for affordable housing and low-cost housing so that we can um, uh, try to try to address that both that area of our strategic 
plan and also uh, MUB's needs uh, and, and the needs of the organizations that are already working so hard to provide that housing. The city of Clarksburg recently announced a project where they're partnering with a developer to build a, a new complex with affordable housing, uh, rent controlled, where people, you know, you're, the people you're talking about would have an opportunity to uh, rent, find good, affordable housing. Are there any projects like that on the horizon? Well, I know that we're working on developing those kinds of projects in the organizations that are collaborating with the Housing Advisory Commission. And I know that um, we're there's a there there are a lot of issues to take into consideration um, one of the biggest issues is that um, Morgantown's uh, pro- land is 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 very tight and so we have some challenges that are not faced by Clarksburg and Bridgeport um, they've got a little more room to expand and we don't have much um, and so we need to do infill and often uh, when you're doing infill uh, neighborhood responses to the possibility of having affordable housing put in that the neighborhood um, is often is often quite dramatic so we have a long way to go to help people understand that um, affordable housing is for people just like them for people raising children for families for working people that we need to keep in our community sometimes our own firefighters and our own police officers uh, desperately need this affordable housing and um, so we've got a long ways to go but I, I desperately hope that we'll have a project like that within the next couple of years. We're running out of time and we've got a couple big topics I want to make sure we hit. So Ron, let's let's switch over to you here and I want to talk for a moment about annexation. So Morgantown is looking, the city of Morgantown looking at the potential of annexing in 3.1 square miles. City Manager Paul Brake has already publicly expressed a preference for single minor boundary adjustment Mm -hmm. request going out. Mm -hmm. Do you favor this approach? Let's start with that question. Well, the way I've the way I, I I have not really gotten into it that closely, but the, the way I understand it, for what I've got the got a hold of the information, if you try to do it all at once, then it could fail with just one problem. Um, the minor boundary adjustments are probably a better tactic, but here's the thing: I, I know that they got this study and it was all just data. You know, it's not a plan, um, but the real real adjustments here have to be relationship wise and we have to reach out as a not only as in the new council has to reach out but also as the city administration and actually have one-on-one meetings with each one of these stakeholders because if we don't do that then trying to force somebody into a situation is not the way to go um you know we want people to come in you know the biggest annexation thing that happened in the last 20 years, we got uh, Walmart out on um, out uh, Hornback. Hornback. We got uh, the uh, Dorsey's Knob, and uh, we also did some annexation in uh, in the Suncrest area. So those happened during the time I was on there. And one, we bought with the foundation, we bought uh, Dorsey's Knob. But Walmart wanted to be a partner, and what that does is it gives us a thread out there. So down the road, what we could do is talk to the Comfort Inn, talk to the Ramada Inn area, those places. And with that thread, that's how you start. You get somebody out there, and it's the same thing that could happen in Saberton as we extend out. Try to see some land areas that are along the interstate. It works for Westover. It's going to work. It's worked for Granville. It's going to work for Westover. It's the same thing we should be doing. 
yeah, I understand getting Suncrest Town Center would be a big deal, but you've already had Dave Beaufort call in, and I can imagine what that's going to lead to. But you've got they haven't even engaged him in a conversation. Um, so we've got to, if we're going to reach out to people, then, then or want to annex in, we need to reach out and, and get that trust building. It's just like the guy from Clarksburg said, it took 10 years um, for them to even get this housing development down, downtown because they had to build a relationship. It's the same thing here. And uh, I think we can do that. It's just that we have to take the time to stop and pause and say, okay, here's what we'd like to do. What can we do? And start the, table, the discussion that way. What would it take? Sky's the limit. Tell us what you want. And then if it's not something we can give, at least try the negotiations from there. So that's what I say. Rachel, your take? Well, and I, I think to a large degree Ron is right. I, I would note that um, Mr. Biafor is not shy, and um, he's, he's spent a lot of time at City Hall um, with the city manager. So I, I think that they, they do have a relationship. Um, I do um, – because it is raw data and because this is the information that we were told that we had to start with, I think that we just are where we are. Um, when we were considering the possibility of annexation and this issue was raised several years ago, um, we were told that the most important thing to do was to come before the county commissioners with a well-prepared plan that would address all of the economic questions that they, they would have. And so what we've done is we've answered those questions for ourselves, and now we need to take a look at the data and really try to um, figure out how we're going to go forward. I, I, I think that one of the challenging things that we face as we consider annexation is that um, we want to have a relationship with the folks that are, are surrounding us and affecting our residents, and we do. Um, they're our next door neighbors. What they do affects us a lot, and what we do affects them a lot. Um, if they want our services to improve, we work hard to improve our services, um, and we, we absolutely make every service that we can available to those that are outside our borders. For example, we have fire protection arrangements with um, Mon General, and it's not within the city's borders. But I think a lot of folks think they, they live in Morgantown, um, and that they are protected by our police or our fire services, and they find out that they're not when it's too late. I think that we have a long way to go to make sure that our increasingly urban population is, um, is, has those services available to them that they, they really need and that they expect in an urban environment. And that's just part of, you know, as the mayor keeps saying, it's just part of growing up. We're not the same city we used to be. What is really unfortunate is that the number of residents who are permanent residents has stayed approximately the same. So we still have approximately 30,000 residents, and those folks, um, my, my constituents, Ron's former constituents, you know, those folks simply cannot bear the cost of intensive urban development and these services alone anymore. We simply cannot. So the city has to grow, or our budget has to grow in other ways. Um, we're being expected to provide the services of a grade A city um, in a Big 12 with a Big 12 university, and um, that's what we does. And we need to rise. We need to rise to that level. What services are you not providing? 
Well, I think that we don't provide fire and police services to folks who are outside the city who don't have arrangements with us. Why would you? Well, I I think the question is always... um, I, I would I would hope that we would not. For example, Marjorie Gardens is always my go-to example because it's right around the corner from my house. You know, those kids who live there don't have access to you know uh, a fire a you know a publicly funded professional fire department. Now, will our fire department go to save Marjorie Gardens if if there's a fire there? Absolutely. Is it within their territory? No, it is not. Is it within um, is it within our boundaries? No, is it, no, it is not. Is it surrounded by our boundaries? Absolutely. Do those kids come and you know stand outside in a parking lot waiting for the bus? Sure, they do. Do they have access to the police? No, they do not. Do they have drug dealers there that are very recently arrested? Yes, they do. Do they need more help? Yes, they do. Um, and and I. You know, I just don't, um, you know, it, it sounds, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I was um, approached by a Sunday school teacher who does work out there. And um, she told me that she was concerned about those kids. And she asked me what I could possibly do. And I said, I can't do anything because they're not in the city. And um, I said, well, do you think that they'd be willing to talk to someone about the services that they need? And she said, they can't talk to anyone because they're afraid they'd lose their housing. So I, what I will say about that specific situation is that I have concerns because I drive past those kids every day. They go to school with my kids. They interact with my kids. I want them to be safe, and I want them to be protected just like everybody else. How does that relate to places like Suncrest Town Center or... I'm not as interested in Suncrest Town Center as I am in places like Marjorie Gardens. I think that when you look at Suncrest Town Center, it's it's in the middle of, it is of course a retail area, but what I'm concerned about more are the townhouses that surround the Suncrest Town Center. I'm more worried about the safety of those folks. I think, um, uh, you know, (laughs) and I know this is an odd thing, it's, it's a personal thing, but I've been in a house fire. Um, I have a lot of faith in volunteer fire departments. Um, my house, when I was a kid, was saved by a volunteer fire department. But that was one house, you know, uh, in a rural area. And I do not see how you can expect a densely populated town home development to be protected by a volunteer fire department. I, I, just, I just can't understand that. Guys, we are running out of time, so uh, here's the last word. Your voters, why should they vote for you? We'll start with you, Rachel. You're the incumbent. All right. Well, um, I love the city of Morgantown, and I think that very few people remember to acknowledge the contributions that our residents make, um, both in the city and to the county and to the state. We're generous to a fault, and we're doing our level best to raise the city to, to the level that we need to be at. And I hope you'll vote for me because I'm going to keep working on these issues that are very important to us and making our city better for our residents, our workers, our families, and our students. Ron, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Wow. Um, 45. <laughs> all right. Running on three things. I brought my little thing so you can put it on it. Um, <laughs> so transparency always. Morgantown United, community first. We've got to build trust. We've got to have relationships with other people. And we've got to make sure that we do the things right for the community. So... Vote for Ron Bain. You'll get that. 
Municipal election, April 30th. Early voting starts on Wednesday. Dave and Sarah back after this. We're talking about your town on WAJR. All right, we went way long with the candidates. Got to squeeze in another break. I know. We're terrible at keeping time. Maybe we should be in a different business. Mm. I'll try to read a couple of texts. Maybe if we get back in time after the break. More Dave and Sarah coming up. Wait a minute. I got to hit that button. I got to hit this button back after this. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. All right, quickly, I'm going to try to read a couple of texts that came in uh, during the program. Dave and Sarah, maybe if Republic would actually pick up the garbage, dumpster fires would not be an issue. Uh, Dave and Sarah, good to know that downtown has no drug problems. Tongue in cheek. Uh, Let's see, text into the show. Uh, Dave and Sarah, did you mute Ron Bain's microphone or did the show change its name to the Rachel Fetty Hour? Just let her ramble on forever. Uh, council candidates will be on for 30 minutes today, question mark. That's about enough time for Councilwoman Fetty to answer. Well, let's just say respond to one question. All right. Uh, you'll be able to text and uh, tweet tomorrow as well. 304-TALK-304 at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Uh, second Ward candidates, Mayor Bill Kowecki and uh, challenger Barbara Parsons going to join us in studio tomorrow. Same format. Uh, from about 9.15 to 45-ish. We'll try to do better on time tomorrow. We're all done, Sarah. Let's get out of here, shall yeah, we? Let's do it. We will uh, turn over the festivities to Hoppy Kerchival right now. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 9.06. Dave and Sarah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.